Today, I have Terry Alabada on the podcast. We're talking all about eczema as she has so much knowledge and experience in this topic. Um, Terry had eczema starting around the age of five and over the course of 15 years, she became addicted to steroid creams and ointments, uh, but it wasn't until she found holistic healing internally and externally that she really saw a difference in her own health. And this is going through internal healing and using herbal remedies for external healing. And so now she's really passionate about this topic and teaching others how to heal their eczema as well naturally. She teaches on her YouTube channel and through her customized holistic eczema coaching program. So today we're going to be talking all about eczema, talking about her story, and then what you can really do to help treat eczema if you suffer from it um, in a natural way. This doesn't only apply to you though if you have eczema, if you don't have eczema, um, but you also have skin conditions. We're going to talk a lot about how our emotional health and our physical health, especially the internal environment, does affect our skin. So definitely a lot of good stuff today, a lot of good topics. And she also has um, her own line of um, ointments and different balms that are used with herbs that she will be launching soon. So really, really excited about talking about that. So let's get started on this episode. So welcome, Terry, onto the podcast. I'm super excited today because we're going to talk all about your experience with eczema and your kind of different solutions, natural remedies, because uh, I know you have a lot of experience with this. This is your specialty. I haven't spoken about this yet on the podcast, so I'm really, really excited to have you here. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thanks so much for asking me. Of course. So I love to start out with asking people why they got into what they're doing now usually when we do have health issues it's because something you know happened there was a trigger um and for you i know it's the eczema so can you talk to us a little bit about your story with eczema and how it really brought you to where you are today helping others with it uh yes so i started having it when i was five years old me and my family went to disneyland stayed over at a a family friend's house and I don't know why, but they they gave us like one of the dogs used blankets to use because I guess they didn't have any spare blankets. Um, me and my mom got bitten by the fleas in our sleep. And for some reason, I think a combination of the, the flea bites and the stress, like it was, it was a really stressful experience, just kind of um, shifted something in my immune system. And I just, because I wasn't born with eczema or rashes, I had like perfectly normal, healthy skin. But ever since that night, I just continued to have some form of a rash um, just every day since then. And so for 15 years, I went the traditional route that most people do in um, Western medicine, which is to go on steroids. I just used ointments and creams. Other people take um, like injections or pills, but I was on that for 15 years. And then I realized that I just wasn't healing. And then another traumatic event happened, which was the death of my godfather. It was my first personal death in the family. It was just someone I actually knew. And um, that put my body to through a whole body shock. Like I was just so stressed out and uh, depressed over it. I was literally a human rash, like from head to almost my toes there, I was just covered in some kind of rash or cracking or oozing or bleeding. And it, was very hard to move. And that was in college. That was like sophomore year of college. 
And that's when I decided to go off steroids, cold turkey. I'm like, this has not healed me for the past past 15 years. I don't think this is going to be my way to cure myself if I will have a cure. So that's when I started to Google things on natural healing for eczema. Somehow my research got me to traditional Chinese medicine, just an article about a successful treatment of eczema with it. So I had nothing to lose. Um, I pretty much had hit rock bottom. So I felt like it was worth a shot. And after my first appointment with my Chinese doctor, I was 75% better. And for me, that was like, like a breakthrough. It was like, oh my God, like, um, you know, it wasn't like 100%, but I mean, that was a huge, um, it was a huge difference. And that was just after one week of taking herbs internally, um, herbal teas, and it was no acupuncture or even acupressure. It was only drinking herbal teas and some of the herbal ointments she had made for me to put on topically. And that's when I started to look to natural remedies and especially herbalism, whether Chinese or Western or, or whatnot. And I was just like, start to get into plants. And um, even during my eight year stint as an eco-friendly makeup artist, I, I saw the benefit of seeing, of using plant-based um, cosmetics on my clients, whether makeup or skincare. And then just became inspired to study it more <clears throat> myself. And so now I'm a wellness coach and now I've studied some herbalism and make my own products and I am getting good results and reviews from people. So I'm continuing to run with it. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And I've also had a similar experience with like herbs. I'm just fascinated by herbs. Um, and yeah, I also tried one of your ointments. I know like you make your own, um, body products as well, which I absolutely love. And I think that's something that we're definitely missing. Cause as you mentioned, it's we usually go the conventional route. And then at one point, some of us just realize like, we can't do this anymore. It's not working. Um, so that's incredible to hear that you just had so many, you know, success stories. And then even for your own personal story, I've seen like photos before and now, and it's just incredible. So I'm so excited and happy that you, you know, were able to find true healing um, without the use of medications and things like that. Um, So for you, I know this, I mean, it is kind of the case for many different um, conditions, but for you, you think it was an emotional or maybe Mm -hmm. like a bacterial trigger or what do you think was your trigger specifically? I think it, well, the specific factors were a combination of the physical flea bites with a dirty used dog blanket and then um, feeling traumatized by how stressed out my mom got over it. Like when she realized that we were using, we were being bitten by fleas. Um, she turned on the light. It was like midnight. Like she turned on the light and she just was like yelling and freaking out. And I was just like five years old and I was just like taking it in. Like I was a very quiet child. And I, so I just internalized all of that stress. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there could be also for me an element of genetics and my immune system because my dad has had it before. And then my mom has had, um, my mom has dandruff and she has had, she's a lactose intolerant. And I know that I've had food allergy related trigger uh, rashes and um, yeah, that I've just always had dry skin. I've never, I don't even really sweat much um, <laughs> in general. So I, I think there's a genetic factor as well. 
And so what would you say, can you explain specifically what eczema is for listeners who don't really know? Gosh, the technical definition is so general. It's so vague. It's just anything that causes a skin irritation, any kind of redness or irritation or dryness of the skin that leads to redness or itchiness is considered eczema. And that just could be related to so many things. But eczema is so many things. <laughs> it's really not very specific. <laughs> and so how would somebody know that they have eczema specifically? They have to go to the doctor and then they would get a diagnosis? Uh, hmm. <laughs> is, it, like, is it not, it's not very clear? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, that could be, I mean, that's the route I went. You, and people can do that. And I think that uh, hmm. there are different types of eczema. I think I think like if you, I mean, the thing is like based on like the dictionary definition, like if, if you got bitten by a bug and that made you itch, you know, you have like momentary eczema. If you mm-hmm. get exposed to poison ivy and you have like an itch or a, a scratch or whatnot, that would be considered eczema, even if it's short term. Um, but I think like when it, it is for a long time, like, you know, it's something that lasts for more than two to three weeks, and it's chronic, and it's daily, uh, then it's what I think, it's like the form of eczema that is chronic, and that's the form that the pe- that people struggle with the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, usually um, the itchiness will feel very unbearable. It would probably feel worse than poison oak, and um Usually there's a level of itchiness that's compulsive, like you scratch even though you don't want to scratch. And the scratching, it feels pleasurable, like it feels very satisfying. So then it's like your brain is just constantly giving you signals to continue this relief, this thing that is relieving you because there is something that, usually there's something that needs to come out. Usually there's something that's being held in the skin, where it's whether it's a toxin or an allergen or something, but it's something that has built up in the body and is rising to the surface and it does need to come out. And um, if one is not watching their diet or stress levels or whatnot, this accumulation becomes um, an irritation and a scratching feels like the fastest way for the body to relieve itself. So well, yeah, there's a lot of compulsive and long-term scratching and skin damage. Yeah, and I mean, with anything that comes out on the skin, it's um, a window into your internal environment, right? So I know for me, too, with chronic cystic acne, it was always like the next topical, the next magic, whatever. Obviously, topicals are really important, but if we don't address the inside, it's not going to change, right? So for you, did you start out with the topicals? Yeah, I did start with topical ointments and creams and I think that when I was diagnosed with eczema, I almost feel a little bit lucky that I was diagnosed in the early 90s before it became trendy to prescribe not only steroids, but like immunosuppressant drugs um, to suppress the the itchy reaction or the histamine reaction in the body. Um, Yeah, so I mean, luckily that's all that I dealt with. So I was just dealing with steroid application and eventually addiction because it would relieve me momentarily and it just seemed like oh well maybe if i if it's worse then i just need to put on more but then the body becomes tolerant of it 
and um, needs a stronger prescription to uh, keep working the way it did in the beginning. Yeah, but the, eventually you tap out. Eventually the body just becomes uh, like um, tolerant of even the highest uh, concentration of steroids and it, it will eventually stop working for anyone who's using it um, long enough. Right, so what would you say would be the root causes of eczema? What should we really address when it comes to somebody having eczema? Like, What are the first things that you kind of like ask and you look at? Probably the, <clears throat> the immune system. The, the body's ability to detox. Um, and I think stress management, like learning how to kind of become more flexible and bounce back. Uh, when you have, I don't know, ah, let's see. So I started when I was five years, started having it when I was five years old, but like the itching was so strong that I wanted to control it. And then that would cause anxiety and it would just be a vicious cycle of the anxiety making me stressed out, which made me scratch more for relief. And then it would just compound. And um, I think there's an element of like being someone, I don't know, who can learn to be adaptable to those things or to um, yeah, just manage anxiety better so that it de-escalates. Uh, your desire to just keep stretching and to control the itch or to just relieve it um, and then feel guilty about all like the skin damage afterwards. Um, but yeah, definitely like the immune system is big just because the skin is part of the immune system and protects us. And and with eczema, it's like trippy because you, your triggers are internal and external. There can be uh, types of eczema that are from contact or like contact dermatitis where you touch nickel or certain fabric or some people are even sensitive to color dye certain color dyes certain black color dyes or red color dyes and um and this so their skin just reacts to it so much the environment <clears throat> you're in is also a big factor and sometimes it can be helpful to move to a different climate right i did hear about that so climate does play a role would you say warmer climates are better then it depends on your genetics and it can evolve. A trippy thing for me that I learned when I was solo traveling last year was when I was just in San Francisco, my skin was dry. I always craved the sun. I always wanted to sweat more. Then I started traveling, went to Fiji, a truly tropical climate, and it made me sweat so much that the sweating made me itchy. Wow. <laughs> And it was like too humid. I developed candida, which had its own type of rash. And, and, then, and then, it felt, then I felt like my body also became itchy in very humid, hot environments. So now I need to be somewhere temperate. Like it can't be too cold and dry. And it can't be too hot and humid. <laughs> right. Just in the middle. <laughs> yeah. That might not be true for everyone. Like, so I'm Filipino-American. And I, before traveling and going to truly tropical climates, I thought, oh, you know, my ancestors were in tropical island, lived in tropical islands. I must need more of that. That's why I like to sweat more. That's why I like to be in the sun when I'm in San Francisco, which is more cold and dry. But um, I actually have met some Filipinos born in the Philippines who moved to San Francisco because they had eczema at home. They had eczema in the Philippines, in the motherland. <laughs> and they also experienced relief coming out here into San wow. Francisco. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's not really black and white. Everyone's a bit different. It depends on your genetics, your immune system. And, and I don't know, like maybe a sense of balance, like just whatever that internal and external um, microcosm or macrocosm of things going on needs to be in balance. And that is, that is such a huge variable. I wish there was a way to measure that and find a pattern and like be able to predict what like people will need <laughs> before yeah, they have totally. to return. Um, but yeah. But I think it's like with anything, like for instance, me specializing in PCOS or if it's acne or whatever, um, it's never black and white. Like there are different, you know, foundations that we have to look at. But when it comes to health, it's, I mean, if your gut is imbalanced, the gut needs to be taken care of. If your detoxification organs are not working, we got to look at that. If you're stressed out of your mind, you're not sleeping. I mean, they're all going to manifest differently. So like for me, it manifested as cystic acne, other things as PCOS. For you, it manifested as eczema, et cetera. So yeah, it's, again, it's not really like the conventional route, which is like, you know, just take this, take that, whatever. It's like one solution. Whereas, I mean, it doesn't really work in the long term, but the alternative route uh, might take a little bit longer, but that's where we really look at the root causes. Um, And yeah, it's going to manifest differently in each person. So for skin specifically, totally agree with detox. Um, but that word is just kind of thrown around aimlessly these days. So for you, what does that really mean? And like, how do you support yourself with your detoxification? Well, with eczema and detoxification, especially in like a Western world or someone eating a Western diet, it's a, hmm, it's a, it's a lot of needing to bring in more water-based food, which is going to be fruit and vegetables for the fiber content, for the vitamins, to clean out any stagnation that could accumulate from eating high fat, sugary, um, even alcoholic um, types of food and drink. And I support it with certain herbs that support my liver and my kidneys, uh, gallbladder, um, digestion, probiotics, um, and kind of playing with the 80-20 rule. like. I mean, I like to live a little too. So, I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes I do indulge and I do have like some sugary things or some things with alcohol, but it won't be more than 20% of my diet or it might be just something I leave for the weekends or something I just leave for special events or social gatherings. But the majority, like my, my baseline needs to be like clean, a clean diet, mostly vegetables, kind of a Mediterranean plate and lean proteins and um, um, maybe some like, whole grains like certain whole grains but yeah it's just yeah the western diet is just so full of like a lot of carbs (laughs) um various forms it's it's too much and um and that can actually aggravate candida which uh, which i'm realizing that a lot of people with eczema chronic eczema have as well um yeah yeah, totally. It's really getting away from the processed packaged foods, looking at more whole foods, fruits and vegetables. I mean, a lot of people think like, oh, is that it? I mean, obviously there are herbs that you can, you know, support, like you said as well, certain nutrients, but mm-hmm. it kind of drives me mad when people are doing like the detox or the cleanse after Christmas, and then they just go back to the same thing. Whereas if you're literally, you know, adding in these foods on a daily basis, instead of doing like the crazy cleanse once a year, and then cheating for the rest of the year I think it's so much more helpful it's really you know 
boosting um, nutrient status and supporting the organs every single day. So I think that's really important that you mentioned, you know, like the water, water-based foods, lots of fruits and veggies, lots of greens, all of that really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so you yeah. mentioned stress, obviously that's something that we really have to make an effort for. Um, and that's even if you do have trouble with that, having a coach can be really helpful, uh, but definitely stress management. Um, we were talking about liver detoxification, detoxification and gut health. Are there anything else we should address? I think with eczema, well, you know, so I'm aware of other like eczema YouTubers and coaches that are out there. And uh, I honestly don't know too much about their programs, but I feel like there could be more emphasis on the spiritual, emotional, and psychological impact of dealing with eczema. Like there's so much guilt around it and there's so much shame and um, judgment, whether on ourselves or from our family members. And um, I think like, I mean, it's hard when, when you have a lot of rashes on your face and, you know, it does, it does not look attractive and it does look like it's contagious, even though it's not, um, to like find self-love and self-acceptance. But like, that is where the true healing really begins. Like when you can learn to accept yourself as you are and take it as a, a life lesson. Like maybe this is just something I, this is something I am meant to, to succeed at something I meant to overcome so I can help others or just, um, have more acceptance of other people. I think then you can be more open to help the right help for you from other people, whether it's spiritual or physical or nutritional. And, um, cause I think like when you have eczema and you're judging yourself and you're, you just closed off and blocked off, like, to a degree you need to do that for protection like self-preservation but it also sometimes blocks you off from being open to things that can help you like to being open to receiving information and um just being open to trying new things like i mean yeah you know when i think when you realize that the steroid creams don't work and you can't always trust doctors and they're not always fully trained on eczema or understand it you can get mistrustful but at some point someone with chronic eczema like who is in a lot of pain needs to um sort of just own own what they are going through accept themselves and love themselves enough to eventually be open to trying anything like whatever it takes like you know if you were if you had a family member who you know was suffering wouldn't you try anything to help them out wouldn't you at least give you know something a shot that seemed like you know, like natural remedies or, or things like that, that seem to have like a low risk or, uh, you know, just not as much of a consequence as steroids or synthetic drugs. Like, yeah, you would do anything you could for that person. And, um, you know, you wouldn't like close them off and keep them in a cage and like, you know, um, keep them in a bubble and like not let them live. Like, you know, you, you've got to keep living, you've got to keep, um, loving and, and, um, do fight for yourself. Like just do everything you possibly can for yourself until you get, the results that you want and it can happen but one has to be open to it and i mean that's so philosophical it's so you know some people might find it woo but i mean it's it's so it's just so real it's the mind body connection it's brain chemistry it's the nervous system and i think when we are open and we truly care for ourselves we will be able to trust our judgment and discernment and because we're so sensitive i think we can pick up on things when we're really in tune with our bodies 
like on the feedback that we can pick up from a supplement or a coaching program or um, a book that will help us heal, that will help give us progress. Um, but, you know, that's a whole thing um, that, that I think is really important too. <laughs> I 100% agree. And I think this is definitely missing a lot. This was missing in my journey. This is usually like the missing piece when people are like, I'm doing everything right, but it's not working. Um, but yeah, mindset, emotional, spiritual health is so important. Uh, but it can <laughs> seem very overwhelming. Our people are just like, what does that mean? So do you have any resources, mm -hmm. suggestions, recommendations when it comes to kind of helping heal internally, like emotional health, like your mindset and all of that? Do you have any favorite kind of resources? Um, like what has helped I, you? Ah, I think <laughs> I think I was lucky that when I was when I was going through that full body shock in college that I had I was also minoring in holistic health at San Francisco State, and so alongside this trauma, I was learning about holistic ways to to live. And I think I I think resources on the mind body connection, um, meditation. Um, and philosophy. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, you know, hopefully one, I think there's more people writing books on eczema and like living with eczema that do have philosophical aspects, but like, even if you just touch upon those things um, on their own, regardless of its uh, focus on eczema, that it can be applicable to the eczema journey and the healer, the healing journey that you're on. And I mean, well, I have a YouTube channel. My first 12 videos are on meditations on eczema. So that could be another resource if people want to check it out. Cool, <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, otherwise, Buddhism as well, I would say. Books uh, and anything with Bruce, Bruce Lee, <laughs> his books are really good too. <laughs> Yeah, there's so many resources. Even for me, like I go on YouTube and I'm just like, it's a black hole, you know, <laughs> with meditations <laughs> and just like spiritual teachers and like mindset stuff. It's really cool. And it does definitely, you know, uh, apply to all areas of your life. Definitely talk about your YouTube channel. Um, I will send people there. Mm -hmm. But last thing I want to chat a bit about is um, your favorite holistic remedies. So internal and topically, especially like herb wise, what are your go to's? I internally, I really like adaptogens. So the different mushrooms like reishi, cordyceps. Um, yeah, I think those are the main ones I take currently. In tea form? Yes, tea form or sometimes powdered form mixed in a smoothie. Um, ginger is a big one for digestion and just harmonizing. I think that's really good if you have food-related allergies or rashes. Uh, ginger is such a great digestive and harmonizer, and uh, it promotes blood circulation. That's just really good for detoxing and the lymph fluid. Peppermint is a favorite to cool down if you have like oozy rashes, hot um, to the touch, uh, acute uh, irritations or itchiness. Um, that's just good for, um, it's, it's good to cool down the body and, and the body temperature, but it also calms the mind and it helps you to move on like it's a good what do they call it it's an herb that's just good for keeping things flowing and and mm -hmm. keeping stagnation uh, from accumulating i think ginseng asian ginseng is also good if you have like dry or cracked skin or rashes it helps to lubricate like the joints and the skin sort of has similar properties to omega oils in the body 
um, it's a good adaptogen, good for stress, good for sleep, good for mood. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think topically, some of my favorites, like um, big one would be probably like holy basil. That's in one of my salves, the holy salve. It's a strong antifungal and antiviral and antibacterial. And that's great if you have rashes that could be developing secondary infections because of the open wounds. And um, yeah, that's good as a salve. Coconut oil is also good for that sort of rash. And then uh, calendula is like my all-time favorite. Calendula is just like my love. That was my first love in herbs. I've grown it from seed before. And it's an herb um, that gives you hope emotionally, but it is also an antibacterial. Oh, sorry. That's a weird alarm I have. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Ah, um, antibacterial. It's a lymphatic. You could also drink calendula blossoms as a tea to help move the lymph fluid and improve circulation. and um, it's a, a it's a skin saver. It heals wounds really well. It also beautifies the skin. It's good for evening out the skin tone as well, topically. And um, what other ones that I really like? I'd say chamomile is also a good one to put on topically. You could infuse it like calendula in an oil, and then add melt it with some beeswax and make a balm or a salve out of it. And that's um, anti-inflammatory, antibacterial. It's calming. It's cooling. And emotionally, chamomile teaches one to be like gentle with oneself, to be easy on oneself, to not be so hard on yourself, to just love oneself gently. <clears throat> it's a soft energy, but it's, it can be impactful. Sometimes we think we need to be really aggressive and strong and powerful to get things done and to make an impact, but chamomile teaches us that you can make a strong impact with a gentle touch. So. Um, I'd say those are good ones to go to go with. Amazing. I love how herbs just have so many, you know, synergistic properties to them. It's not just like antibacterial or, you know, it targets certain things. It's like actually on an emotional level as well, um, balances, you know, nervous system, all of that. So that's why I'm like such a big fan of them. And then you can do like internally, externally. Obviously, you have to be careful which one you're using, but a lot of them you can do internally and externally, which is so cool. You did mention coconut oil, and I know a lot of people have mixed opinions about coconut oil, um, especially on the face, like they say it can clog, clog pores and things like that. What is your opinion? My experience of coconut oil is that it's one of actually the driest oils I've ever used. Mm. When it dries, when it dries, it dries dry. It does not leave a greasy residue. Um, it like it feels because it's so saturated. It feels like it's thick. It feels like it could end up greasy but when it fully absorbs into the skin it is super matte and i think for people who are experiencing clogged pores i mean it is saturated but i think it i think because it is a drier oil maybe it, it aggravates any oil imbalance that someone might have if they have a very oily skin or um or acne or whatnot i think that it's really good on oozing rashes i think i think um yeah i haven't personally experienced getting acne or any kind of pimples from using it topically but i also i know it also depends on how they're applying it and how much because i don't know if some people are just scooping it out i'm like 
the kind of person who uses as little product as possible. So I usually do a thin layer as thinly as I can anyway. Uh -huh. um, it might be in the technique. But um, I know some people are also allergic to coconut oil. So, totally. I mean, that's another issue. Yeah, so doing like a little spot treatment and seeing if you react to it is obviously a good way to start instead of just splattering it all over your face. Because <laughs> then, yeah, if you react to it, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah, I think awesome. there could be... Oh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, were you going to say something? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no worries. I was just going to say, I think sometimes maybe there could be more education around like how much product to use. Mm -hmm. um, and also different oils can really spread out over larger amounts of surface area than others. So, you know, it's another factor. Totally. And I know that it's very frustrating when we see like products, even that are targeted for like acne, eczema, whatever, um, or it says natural, organic, and they have all of these like preservatives and additives. And it's like, there's hardly any therapeutic blends that are actually left in the product because it's all, you know, toxic chemicals. Um, so obviously it's really cool if you can make it yourself. It actually ends up being cheaper and you're actually putting only the good stuff in there. But a lot of people can be like really reluctant or like scared to try making their own stuff. Do you have any like videos or recipes on how to do that? Or I know that you do make yours. Are we able to like order or where are you with your own bombs and products? <laughs> Um, well, um, in terms of ordering, I'm still doing it just directly through personal message. Um, but I do plan to launch my online shop in mid-August, August 14th to be specific. So wow. yes, next month you will be able to order online. <laughs> Amazing. Good timing. <laughs> Thank you. I know. <laughs> but in terms of making it yourself, I think, uh, I think some... I mean, you know, you can go on YouTube, but um, I think that a good way, a good recipe to start with is just, you know, um, getting a carrier oil that you like, infusing an herb, a dry herb in it for, you know, at least a couple of hours to a couple of weeks or however long you want. And then when you, when you go to heat it over a water bath, you can put one part beeswax or wax of your choice to three parts of the oil and that will give you like um yeah like what is it, like one four one to four ratio and so with that it will give you like a solid salve and then you can just like adjust the wax or the oil content to your liking but that's a good place to start with that and that way it's just simple it's just an oil and a wax and you melt it together you mix it up well and then you just let it, you pour it in your container and let it set and um, I think, yeah, just breaking it down like that, uh, it, can, it can be less intimidating. You're really just melting waxes and oils or butters together, and then you are adjusting the wax content to how hard you want it to be, and that's it. <laughs> totally. It might sound a bit intimidating at first, but honestly, just it's actually pretty easy, especially, yeah, if you just get like a carrier oil and then even essential oils can be great to add into. Like for me, I get like jojoba mm -hmm. oil and then I put like some lavender, tea tree, um, you know, some other things that can be helpful too, lemongrass. Um, yeah, it doesn't have to be complicated. So we will definitely send people your way, especially for like, I know you have lots of videos and, and blogs and so many really helpful tips. Um, so let us know where we can find you and for sure like um, about your product line. So that'll be launching on August 14th. Uh, where would be the best way to kind of, you know, check that out as well and be notified? 
Oh, thanks. Um, well, for my YouTube channel, it just search Eczema Phoenix on YouTube. And as far as I know, I'm the only one there. <laughs> <laughs> for the blogs, I mostly write for atopic dermatitis.net. So if you search Terry Alabata or even Eczema Phoenix and atopic dermatitis.net, my author bio with all the links to my blogs I've written will be there. And then for the online shop, it's going to be, uh, the name of my brand is Alabata Beauty, A-L-A-B-A-T-A -A -A Beauty. And just go to alabatabeauty.com for my website. And um, I think if you follow me on Instagram at Eczema Phoenix, I'll announce like the product launch there. <laughs> yes, I can't wait. I have your link, so you're... Um your Instagram, your xmfphoenix.com, Alabata Beauty. I'll put it all in the show notes so that um, we can all click on it and check it out. I'm super excited for your launch. I actually had no idea and this was just such a coincidence. So amazing. <laughs> and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This was so helpful, so informative and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of people who do have eczema or who maybe are just going through the first stages of discovering they might have eczema. So thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this helps someone. <laughs>